G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As it stands at present, children and young people are defenceless against potential lifelong detrimental effects from access to pornography. And who should be concerned about that? Well, a leading child advocacy charity called Porn Harms Kids has issued a warning stating that every day that children have unfettered access to hardcore online pornography compounds the harms and increases the social, emotional and financial burdens that arise from this fact. So how do we protect Australian children from pornography? Let's talk through some of these issues. Liz Walker is chair of the charity Porn Harms Kids. Liz is joining us. Hello, Liz. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much for inviting me. Liz, what does the latest research say about kids and pornography in Australia? Look, the latest research that's uh, coming out in Australia is we know that the numbers, um, and it's very difficult to research, obviously, uh, children in this regard, uh, but we do know that uh Adolescents from 15 to 29 are heavy users of pornography in Australia. Um, So we know that around 84% of young men and around 16% of young women, somewhere around those those figures, are accessing pornography on a daily or weekly basis. Now that has uh, huge implications for the way that they're thinking about sex and sexuality. Um, We know that the research is indicating links to poor mental health, uh, sexual aggression and violence. Now, violence against women has been a big focus, not only here in Australia, but globally. So this is really concerning. Um, we do know that it's shaping sexual behaviours. Uh, we've also seen a fourfold increase in child-on-child sexual abuse and just more generally around sexism and objectification. So the ramifications are quite significant, but it does depend on the age and stage of the child and uh, the research that we have available, which is obviously with that older cohort. Liz, how do we compare to other nations? When we talk globally, I mean, places like the US or the UK, what sort of comparisons do you make with where our regulations might be at, with our protections in Australia or lack of protections compared to other nations? We're really lagging. Um, At the same time, we are perhaps one of the most active nations that I've come across that are are doing uh, something and and working, hopefully, towards doing more. Uh, But the UK is really leading this space. Um, Any of the listeners who may have been familiar with a push back in 2008 to 2012 uh, regarding uh, clamping down on children's access to pornography through internet filters or clean feed as it was known then um, that was pretty much squashed in that period there was um, lots of uh, lobby groups that rose up against that and there was a report at the time done uh, by 
uh, Alan McKee, which was funded by the Eros Association, the representative body for the sex industry. And that uh, created quite a bit of opposition back at that time. And, and politically, it was became this uh, football that was pushed around and nobody really wanted to press it forward and it was squashed. Now, in that time, the UK has made significant strides and uh, particularly through David Cameron, who made a very impactful speech several years back to say, this isn't good enough. And now the UK this year, uh, just within the next few months, will be implementing age verification measures, enforcing porn sites to put a gateway in so that people will have to be uh, age identified or verified by an independent and personal ID. So um, the UK is certainly leading and there's much, much, much more work to be done in Australia and this is something that we cannot be complacent on. So the interesting thing is, is here, Liz, that there are workable solutions. There are other nations that are leading the way. I wonder how you react to some of the inadequacies in the way that our governments here in Australia have been approaching this issue. Uh, what are your thoughts about governments and their responses so far here? Look, thus far we haven't had a strong leader stand up and say, I'm going to take this forward. Uh, and really all it will take is that one uh, person like David Cameron to step forward and really take on this as their issue, um, we would see significant strides. Now, we do have the Office of the E-Safety Commissioner, and they are doing uh, significant work in this space. Uh, they have released a report to the government last December. As yet, we don't know what is in that report. Uh, it hasn't been made public. Um, we understand that they are potentially taking a wait-and-see response to see how this unfolds in the UK, as are quite a few European nations uh, who are really hoping that age verification is going to see a significant impact on reducing children and young people's access to pornography. And I think one of the most pertinent things that's been said by the eSafety Commissioner uh, in, in recent times, Gillian and Grant, is that there is no panacea. So there's no magic bullet that is going to uh, completely block internet pornography. But that is not an excuse for not doing anything. And that's why uh, our Porn Harms Kids report, which we launched last year in September, looked at five different areas that we could really focus on that would reduce children's access. Um, so would you like me to let listeners know about that? Yeah, let's go through some of those things, yes. So so one of the first things, is, and it's obviously this one here uh, kind of grates on me a little bit because this is the one that currently has been said that uh, parents must install home filters and device apps, which I absolutely agree with. But often when that's said, that is with the expectation that parents have to fix this problem. And because pornography access and, and it's um, the, the massive health impacts that we're seeing from it and relationship impacts, it's a public health crisis. So parents alone cannot solve this uh, situation. So whilst time filters and device apps are really, really good, uh, little Johnny can go next door and access as much content as he wants or often get on the school bus and have it forced upon him by other kids on the school or in the playground. So... 
that's not that can't be our own only solution. Um, we've got uh, mobile device restrictions, which there's been no mention of uh, at this stage that I know of in Australia as a solution. But ultimately, the aim is there is to issue um, when a when a phone is issued that a child's uh, chip or all chips would have uh, pornography blocked uh, at, at at the device level, uh, and you would need to prove via age that uh, that the person was over 18 and could access that content. So that's another solution. Uh, one is safe public Wi-Fi, which we're, um, Porn Harms Kids is working closely with an organisation in the UK to bring here. That's basically saying to your big chain organisations or anywhere that hosts public Wi-Fi, if your Wi-Fi is safe and it does block this content, let's give you the seal of approval and say that you offer safe public Wi-Fi. Um, and then there's uh, ISP level blocks, which really the only ISP in Australia, internet service provider in Australia that has the capacity to offer that at this stage to our knowledge is Telstra. And they do offer a family home package um, for families, again, placing the burden on parents. Um, but there's certainly not been no discussion about whether um, that is, is uh, going to be implemented in Australia and that, of course, the age verification processes which I've mentioned that the UK are implementing, which we're certainly strongly advocating for. And I think the important thing for you, for, for listeners to know is that our internet is already filtered to some degree. Uh, so all uh, internet uh, child sexual exploitation sites are blocked in Australia um, but currently anything that would otherwise be considered a, considered prohibited content is still readily available and it's not blocked. So uh, that's hugely concerning given so many children have access and we're seeing this fallout in our classrooms and in our society. So Liz, you say that the government is taking a wait-and-see approach Mm-hmm. It would appear to me that the wait and see might be to wait and see if there's a groundswell of grassroots mums and dads who actually are concerned about this. And this is what your organisation, what your charity is all about. You do want to see a groundswell opinion rise. You want to have the weight behind you. So when you give a submission to government, that they'll take notice of it. What are you encouraging parents to do uh, to support what you're doing with Porn Harms Kids? Look, parents can hop on our website, which is pornharmskids.org.au, and right on the front page, there's a pledge. Uh, really, their future, your your voice. These are our kids, and we need your voice to add to our pledge. And this says, I pledge to stand for a world where kids can grow up without being harmed by accessing graphic, violent, and online online pornography. We have to understand how violent this content is, and how even on the landing pages of the most popular porn sites, we've got uh, incest themes and rape, choking, slapping, hitting. Uh, it is not what you want your kids to witness. Uh, so that's the first thing. Uh, we want to see prevention of children's access to pornography through digital child protection buffers that I just outlined. And we want to see updated legislation and education to address pornography as a public health crisis that increases children and young people's vulnerability to sexual harms. So any mum and dad can get on our site, 
add their voice to the pledge and really get behind us as a charity. Any tax deductible donation um, is uh, is going to go far and beyond. We are a volunteer organisation. We're also looking for, uh, you know, really key people who want to push this forward. So if listeners are saying, yes, this is something I want to be involved in, we really encourage you to rally around your community and let them know uh, that we will add your voice to this and represent Australia's children in this. So, Liz, as listeners get onto your site, Porn Harms Kids Today, they'll be a part of this call on governments, on tech companies, ISPs, legislators, educators, agencies, professionals who are involved in this field to come together to implement strong measures to protect children from the known harms of online pornography. Let me give the website where parents can go right now and add their name to the pledge about protecting children. Pornharmskids.org.au pornharmskids.org.au Liz Walker is chair of that charity, Porn Harms Kids. Liz, thanks so much for taking some time to update us today on 2020. Thank you so much for your time. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.